Hello, I'm Meg Walker and welcome to My Kind of People. Join me as I speak to leaders and community members across the world who all share a passion for positive change. Each week we'll explore the power of community, leadership, passion and positivity and the beauty that can be created when these values come together. Each guest has been a big inspiration to me and I'm grateful to call them my kind of people. I hope they'll be yours too. I'm so excited for us all to connect really soon, but until then, I'm sending big love, good vibes and positive energy. Who are your kind of people? Welcome to today's episode. It's my absolute honour to introduce you to Connor Price, a Canadian actor and recording artist with a huge talent and passion for rap and hip-hop music. Over the course of this episode, we will get to know more about Connor and his incredible work. At the age of only 26 years old, he has already worked for almost two decades within the television and film industry, and he has more recently blessed the world with his music. Connor is not your typical rapper. His lyrics are genuine, heartfelt, and his work ethic is unmatched. I'm grateful to welcome him into my community. He's definitely my kind of people, and I know he will be your kind of person too. Welcome to the podcast, Connor Price. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. What an intro. Wow. (laughs) Hopefully I'll live up to that. (laughs) It's all true. And thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you. There's a beautiful line that I love in X Company, actually, where, which is a show that you starred on. I think it was the very first episode and a little German girl says the phrase that translates as happy to learn to know you. Mm-hmm. And that's very much how I feel about having you on the podcast. Oh. And I'm so excited for this community to learn more about the wonderful work that you do. Mm-hmm. However, before we learn a little bit more about your passion, it would be great for the community to learn more about you as a person. Sure. So please could you tell us where you've grown and flown? Where did you grow up mm-hmm. and where would you consider home now? Um, so I grew up in Markham, which is a small suburb about... 30 minutes northeast of Toronto in Canada. And uh, yeah, I'm one of five kids. I'm the middle of five. So big family, a dog and two cats, you know, it's just like a full house growing up. Played a lot of hockey. I played a lot of soccer. Um, Gosh, uh, yeah, Uh, right now. So I've, I started acting when I was six years old, which is so weird for you to say two decades. I guess it has been that so weird to think it's been that long long. time. Yeah, really. Um, And so uh, there, there's only so much work that can be done in Canada. A lot of Canadian actors end up flying to the States and flying to L.A. And when I was 10 years old, I did a movie called Cinderella Man, which was sort of the, the, the first big project that I, that I did, where I got to um, play the son of Russell Crowe and Renee Zellweger, and Ron Howard directed that. That was such like a huge deal for me as a kid. And that project led me out to L.A. for the first time, and that's when I signed with my first U.S. agent. It was my first experience of, like, you know, quote-unquote Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I knew that's sort of where I needed to be to pursue that career. And so for a long time, I went back and forth between L.A. and Toronto. And I did two years of high school in L.A., then came back into two in, in Toronto and always back and forth. At the moment right now, um, I'm on the West Coast. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really know what to call home. It's weird. I've, I've spent such long amounts of time in, in Toronto and in Markham and in L.A. And, and Vegas. You know, we have some family just outside L.A. and Vegas. So, yeah, it's weird. I don't know where to call home yet. Yeah. And I imagine with your work, there is so much traveling going on and you have to kind of acclimatize to where you're at. Yeah. 
So we're in that journey from Markham, Ontario to, I guess, at the moment, Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. Did you start developing your passion for rapping? Was that always your passion? Hip hop was always a passion of mine. The idea of actually doing it myself didn't really come about until later. Um, so like I said, I, I came from a big family and I, I shared a room with my older brother forever, for as long as I could remember from... Gosh, yeah, as early as I can remember till like eighth grade or so. And he listened to a lot of hip hop, a lot of rap. And so in our in our room, he was just always blasting it and I was always listening to it. And so I fell in love with artists like uh, Lupe Fiasco and Eminem, these very, you know, lyrical rappers who I don't, were just very intelligent with their word choice and their storytelling. And I just fell in love with that aspect of, of rap. And um, yeah, it wasn't till about high school that I started seeing a lot of people my age doing it and me asking myself like, man, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should do this. And I, I was always kind of held, I was holding myself back because as the, uh, as the, the child actor in the town that I grew up in, who's also like the white boy, it was just like, <laughs> I felt like me starting to rap would get a lot of uh, judgment. And so it's one of my regrets actually looking back and letting that stop me. Cause I wish I had started uh, earlier and not cared what people thought. But for a while, I sort of just put it on the side of like, nah, I shouldn't do that. People are just going to laugh at me, da, da, da. And so I actually started um, entering contests on YouTube anonymously. And I, I wouldn't tell anybody. I like had my own microphone. I connected to my laptop and I told my parents it was for like a voice audition. You know, I was like an animated <laughs> character and something. And because I didn't want to tell anyone. I didn't, I didn't want judgment even from my family. And I would enter these contests and um, I, entered, I entered three of them and two of them I won. And nice. that sort of gave me, yeah, that sort of gave me the confidence to be like, okay, maybe I am good at this. Maybe people will take me serious. And then, um, sorry, long-winded answer here. But then I, I eventually um, shared it with Brianna, who at the time was someone I was dating, who's now my wife. And she was the one who like convinced me to really go for it. She was like, she instilled that confidence and was like, no, this is great. Like you need to put this out. And then, yeah, around 2018, I put out my first EP. And then from then, uh, one of the songs ended up on the radio in Toronto. And yeah, it's just like it's been a crazy kind of like momentum. And it's been really nice to have something on the side when acting is slowing down, which it does. It has its ups and downs. And when it's really slow, it's like I have another creative outlet and something to do. So it's been really nice. That's amazing and such a special journey. And the fact that you've been doing it so long and almost, um, well, anonymously at the start, right? Yeah. Because it meant so much to you and you didn't want to have that judgment. Right. So what does rap and hip hop music mean to you and why do you think it's such an important contribution to the world? Wow, that's a good question. I've never even thought about that. Um, gosh, I feel like to me personally, hip hop has always been like life markers for, for me. There's certain songs and certain artists that the moment I hear it, I'm taken back to a certain whether it was like a certain year in high school where like an album came out and it was all, you know, me and my friends talked about or listened to and I'm taken back to that moment. Or if there was like a moment in my life where I heard a certain song and now when I hear that song, I'm taken back to like literally I can, you know, remember where in my room I sat, you know, in the house I grew up in. And so it's always just been, I guess, a connection to nostalgia and good feelings, maybe sometimes bad feelings, but it always evokes a feeling, which is something that's uh, exciting to me, I guess. And so having the ability now to create my own music and possibly be giving other people life marker music, maybe, you know, that hopefully that it connects with people enough as other music has connected with me. Yeah, I think it excites me that any time I hear a beat and I can think like, wow, maybe I can make something out of this that someone will like have on repeat and 10 years from now listen to it and be brought back to a memory like it could mean something to them. 
more than just a song they heard at a club or something. So yeah, I guess that's the excitement is, is knowing that there's a chance that my music could affect someone the way that music has affected me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think music is such a powerful tool to do that. I mean, I, I remember I always smile whenever I hear a song from the Eminem show. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My my brother would, well, I would steal it from my brother's room. Mm-hmm. And the only reason my brother got that is he would put it on a list for my nan to get at Christmas. Ah. <laughs> because my parents would have said no. And he was like, I will send innocent nan into the store and ask for these albums <laughs> um i love it yeah i love it so some of them slightly interesting titles for my nan to pronounce right in exactly, the store. exactly. <laughs> yeah let alone listen to i hope she didn't <laughs> yeah. listen to on the car ride home like wait a second what <laughs> yeah, is this she would be mortified when he would then play it for her and show her what she bought him right it's funny you say that because that's actually one of my earliest memories of hip-hop is i i had um I had this friend whose older brother was obsessed with Eminem and he was around the age where he, he could like get the CDs and, and you know, we couldn't just cause it's so, you know, mature content, kids shouldn't be listening to it. And so he always had them lying around his room. And so me and my friend would like steal them <laughs> and like bring them to the basement, plug it into the like little, um, you know, uh, radio speaker, whatever it's called, CD player. My God, <laughs> this <laughs> is ridiculous. We've had a long line <laughs> of technology since. I know, my gosh. Um, and I just remember like listening to it and just snickering at, you know, every time he said something inappropriate or swore and, and yeah, gosh, that was, uh, that's so funny that you recalled something similar. Yeah, it was such a playful time, but I guess music really does have that nostalgia feel to it. Mm. And did you have any inspirations growing up as either an artist or like a leader? Did you have mm. any mentors on your journey? Mentors musically? Actually, um, no, not at all. I've definitely had mentors from the acting side. There's been a lot of projects I've worked on where there's been a certain actor that I connected with, that I stayed in touch with, that I continue to talk to. But yeah, as far as music goes, no, I've, I've never had a mentor. There, there's been, so the, the, the two artists that I am inspired by a lot, early on, it was um, Donald Glover, uh, Childish Gambino is his you know, uh, music name. Yes. So he was somebody who I immediately connected to because even prior to music he used to do these comedy skits on youtube um for this uh youtube uh channel called Derek comedy and i remember my friend showing me them like really early on like 2006 when youtube just came out and they were posting their earliest videos and just thinking he was so funny <laughs> and i started following his career and then he was writing for 30 rocks i'm like wow this guy can write then he was acting on a show called community and he's hilarious and i'm like he acts as well like this is what i want to do this is my dream and then i found out he did music and I haven't really thought about this till now, but maybe that was also part of what gave me the confidence was this guy who, you know, was on top of the world as far as acting went, writing, you know, he won an Emmy for writing in, on 30 Rock. And then at the same time, he was just putting out these like independent rap albums. And I was like, wow, he's really doing it all. And he's not caring what anyone thinks. Like he has an Emmy and he's just recording these crazy songs saying the craziest things. And he was, he was like the number one, like in a way he was a mentor to me, not that I knew him or have met him. But just watching his career path and seeing what he was doing and the choices he was making, like, really inspired me. Yeah. And do, do you think then, because you maybe started your acting career so early, did you ever feel pressure in that I've kind of got to stay in that lane? Like, I've chosen this path now, so, hmm. so I can't really veer off it. Not really, no. What's been so great about starting so young is my parents were so supportive of whatever we wanted to do. 
and you know I my four other siblings at one point all of us acted my mom I don't know how she did it she was driving us to auditions and hockey and soccer and everything and um they all to this day don't do it anymore. Like at one point they all decided like, hmm, this isn't for me. I don't enjoy this as much. I want to pursue something else. And, you know, my parents were like, great, you know, whatever you want, which is especially great because I've unfortunately seen so many scenarios of the opposite, being a kid actor, working with other kids who you know don't want to do it. And their parents are the one who are like, just like egging them on and pressuring them. And so, yeah, I've, I've never felt pressure to like have to keep doing it. I've always sort of felt open to try something new, whether it was writing or directing or, um, yeah, because I had a friend in college because I went to film school for a year at York University in Toronto and we, we helped some people film music videos. So I, I tried directing for a little bit, which was great because that helps me now when I direct my own videos. And yeah, so I, I guess, no, I never felt too pressured to have to stay on path. Um, it was really just a, my own pressure I put on myself because I felt like people would judge me and I cared too much about what other people would think, which just was not a good way to be. Yeah, and I think Donald Glover is an excellent example of that, of really showing totally. that you really can achieve anything that you set your mind to. You've Absolutely. you just got to have your heart in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's probably important for me to add that although you've only just recently learned of my existence and still <laughs> very graciously accepted this podcast invite. Absolutely. I actually first discovered your work through your incredible portrayal of the character Harry James, Mm -hmm. which was on the Canadian World War II drama X Company. And I had no idea at the time that you could rap. (laughs) And I was genuinely blown away. And I I mean, I love rap and hip hop music. And I think I randomly came across your freestyle Mm -hmm. rap video, which is called S. Yeah, that was the first video I put out. Yeah. Yeah, about three years ago now. And I was... I was blown away and I was like, this guy is not playing around. (laughs) He's so good. (laughs) That's so cool. Thank you. Do you think a lot of people were surprised to learn how well you could rap? Was that still kind of a secret then? Had you told many people that that was a talent of yours? Yeah, I I think there were a few people that knew like, because I had some friends like around high school where we would like freestyle for fun. You know, we'd be in the car listening to music and just like a random instrumental and we'd freestyle. So there was like a handful of people that knew that I could rap. But I feel like there's there's a, a big difference between just being able to rap and then being able to make hopefully like a good song. And so I think I think that aspect, I think what surprised people was when I started to pursue it. I, I don't think anybody thought, like it was sort of like a party trick, like, oh, he can freestyle and, and rap kind of fast. But then when I actually started pursuing it and putting music out, I think it, I think it surprised everybody. Um, I like to do things in, in silence. I, like I didn't tell, like my, my mom and dad found out that I put an album out, like when it went out. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really like tell anybody. And I kind of just like to let the work speak for itself and I don't want to hype anything up or create expectations and so I just sort of do it and um but yeah it's funny you brought up X Company because around that time because that would have been 2014 when I filmed season one and I didn't put out that S song until I believe January of 2017 yeah but um one of the actors on that show Warren Brown who's one of the leads I remember one night filming during season one I, I was like I just had this feeling he was somebody who was going to be in my life for a long time. And we created like a strong friendship really quickly. And he was my best man at my wedding. And so this week we just spoke on the phone the other day and we're still very close. And I just had this feeling that he was somebody who I was going to know for a long time. And one night it was just me and him. And I was like, hey, I want to show you something. And I showed him my music, which was something I like 
I don't show anybody. Yeah. But I, for, I, for some reason, I just trusted him and I, I shared it. I shared a song with him and he like had such a positive reaction. And um, so he, he was somebody that knew that the music was coming. But yeah, for the most part, I didn't I didn't really tell anyone. Yeah. And I think it's a daunting feeling for anyone to release their work into the world, especially something that they're so passionate about. And I guess in the acting world, you're often speaking the words that someone else has written and you're working on the project as part of a cast. Mm -hmm. So what does it feel like to be working as a solo artist and also releasing your own words into the world? Yeah, that's a great point because one of the biggest reasons I wanted to pursue music was not only because with acting there's, like I said, the ups and downs where you work for four months straight like we did on X Company and then in between seasons you have like six months off. Like maybe you'll get some independent film, but if things are slow, it's like you're not really doing much. And so I wanted to fill that space by being creative in another way. And one very frustrating thing about acting is you're always waiting on somebody else. You're always waiting on a writer to write a character that matches your description, the casting director to think you're good enough. You know, you go into the audition. Does the director like you, the executive like you? Okay, now you have to come in and audition in front of the whole network. Like there's so many steps just to have one person at the top maybe say, oh, you know what, he's got green eyes, I wanted someone with blue eyes, and then you don't get it, which has happened to me many times. Like, it's crazy the smallest things that can go out of your control. And even going down to it, when you're on set, you're saying the words someone else wrote, and a lot of times it feels like there's, you have no control. You're always waiting. Where with music, I have complete control. I can decide what music, you know, what instrumentals I want to pick. I can, I have my own microphone and my own interface that I'm using right now to record this interview, uh, which I record a lot of my vocals on. Like typical rapper, I record it on this microphone. Um, I learned how to mix and master my own stuff. Now my brother-in-law, who's incredible at it and does it for a living, he, he does it for me. But at the start, I just learned how to do it. Um, you can distribute your own music on, you know, Spotify and Apple Music using websites like DistroKid and um, I had full control. I could say what I wanted. I could share my perspective. I could put it out on this date. Now, maybe next Friday, I create the artwork on Photoshop. Like I have complete control from start to finish of what I say, how it goes out with the video we choose to do. And it's incredible. It's like, it's so freeing creatively and also, uh, really is a nice balance of like being able to be in control. Definitely. And it must be so empowering to be able to have that ownership and pride over your own work. It's true. And I mentioned it a few times already, but I've always been so inspired by your lyrics. I think they're so clever and authentic. Oh, thank you. And with every new song that you release, I'm always excited to hear your wordplay. Mm. I think particularly it, it, there's such a playfulness to your work in that as well. Yeah. I'll be walking along listening to it and I'm like, that's, that's so clever. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely something I take I take pride in. That. Like I said, my earliest like influences, Eminem and Lupe Fiasco. These are all such like lyrical artists, and I've always been attracted to that um, cleverness. Even Donald Glover, he's got some great like creative lines. But it's also probably one of my downfalls is is sometimes I take a little bit too long to write because I almost put pressure on myself. Like, oh, people are expecting something lyrical. Now I have to be clever. And then the moment you try to force yourself to be clever, you're not. So I'm I've been trying to find that balance of like not feeling like I always need to be clever, but if it happens, great, you know, use it. But yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that because I feel like nowadays, especially people who listen to hip hop aren't really expecting it anymore. It's almost like a dying thing to be, to have like wordplay and yeah, clever, clever lines and stuff. 
Yes, and that's something I love about your work is the authenticity. And for example, your song Group Chat, oh. I find incredibly powerful. And I think it has a very important message on how our actions can affect others. Yeah. When you're writing your lyrics, why is authenticity so important to you? And how much of your raps are usually based on your own truth versus maybe a more universal truth? Yeah, good question. Um, hmm, how do I answer that? That's such a great question. I feel like for the most part, the music that I connect with is always a unique perspective. Yeah, so even someone like Drake, who's like this huge, massive, like, megastar, he still has so many songs where he's... Um, He's sharing his own perspective, his own opinion, even something that maybe happened in his day that just seems so mundane, but like he does it in a way and he says it in a way where it's so specific to him and only something that he could understand going through. And that's something that I've always been inspired by. Donald Glover does that a lot. Um, just talking about his own perspective, because I feel like songs nowadays are, are always almost too general. That was one of the reasons Typical Rapper, I made that. It was just like literally... Here's why I'm not like, you know, what you'd regularly see from a rap song and even talking about what kind of car I drive and, you know, my Jetta. It's just like just such such specific details that really don't mean anything. But in reality, it, it, they mean everything because it's specific to me. See, so yeah, I, I always try to pull from a, like a personal experience uh, or like a personal opinion. Yeah, and I love Typical Rapper because as a fan of your work, it's so satisfying to listen to this song because you really do seem to break the mold as an artist. Was that a conscious decision? And do you think there are any misconceptions when it comes to rap and what people think you should look like mm. and what it should involve? I, I think so, yeah. I think um, it was definitely... It was definitely my kind of um, response to people who would either hear my music or, or even when I just tell people like, oh, yeah, I make hip hop. Their initial reaction is always like, like, OK, like <laughs> either assuming it's bad or assuming that I'm doing something that isn't authentic to me. So it's like, but no, I, I like I can make rap music that isn't what you would expect because people do expect, you know, something that has to do with a nice car or a girl or chains or money or this or that, which all the power to people who make that kind of music if it's authentic to them. But not everybody is making that kind of music. And so it was just a reminder that like, hey, I can make that kind of music and make it cool and make it fun and have something that people maybe want to like dance to and vibe to. But um, I'm talking about, you know, trying to have a better credit score <laughs> and, yeah. driving a, and driving a Jetta. It's just like random stuff that just is true to me. And it's, it's funny that, that that video so far has gotten like the best response. Like that was my first video on Facebook to hit a million views and people just like shared that one like crazy and commented like crazy like oh this is something I've been looking for and I think the fact that I don't swear in my music too is something that people have been like responding to positively which I didn't expect so much of but people are like oh man this is great this is the kind of stuff I want to like share with my parents who maybe like don't understand hip-hop and I can't show them anything because everything's so vulgar but then I can show them your stuff and they, they get it and they like it and so it's sort of, um, it, it allows me to be more accessible to a larger audience because I'm doing things a little bit differently. A hundred percent. And I think as soon as you're authentic and you're true to yourself, that's where you find your kind of people and they naturally gravitate to mm, you. That's so true. Yeah. Um, and as I say, I love that about your music. And there's something with typical rapper. I feel like a lot of people will have responded positively to that because it does kind of break your thought. You're like, hang on, is he talking about his Jetta? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes you actually think about how 
often in rap music you hear them talking about their cars and their money and so your song kind of flips it on its head in the other way like what does that actually mean to the everyday person yeah right that they're all rapping about yeah i remember having a conversation with my wife brianna because one of the hardest things i struggle with when writing is like okay what do i write about next like literally just finding the content because sometimes i'm like i feel like my day-to-day life isn't as cool to rap about and so that was sort of what sparked it. It was like, well, why, why not try that? Try, try to make your day-to-day life cool. Like show your little nephew in the, in the video, show the fact, you know, the car you drive and the fact that you're interested in like, you know, finance and investing and saving. And like I said, the credit score thing, it was like, because a lot of people out there actually are interested in that as well. And also like hip hop. So why not blend those two and you'll find like a niche audience. Like it may not, that's a, a song that isn't going to end up on, you know, the Billboard Top 100, but it's going to find like a really cool audience of people who are going to love that song. And to this day, like I still get DMs like, yo, Typical Rapper is my favorite song. Or like somebody the other day made a, a montage of, of like him playing video games because he has this YouTube channel and he used Typical Rapper as like the music in the background. I'm like, wow, yes. I never expected that to be like the cool montage song. And now it is. It's like, wow, that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And because lyrics are so important to you, is that where you usually start your creative process? What is your typical process when you create your music? Um, It's changed quite a bit recently. At at the start, it was like, I wasn't working with producers much. So I would find um, instrumentals on YouTube to write to, like uh, very well-known, like Eminem instrumentals or whatever. And I try to write my own lyrics to it. And then I'd have like a verse written and then try to find an original beat to go with it. So it was like, yeah, the lyrics came first. Now let's find a beat where now it's the complete opposite. I I have luckily a lot of producers who just like send me music all the time and they'll send me like packs of like, you know, anywhere from two to 10 different beats and I'll go through and listen to them. And if I like one, I'll open up a new logic file and I'll just hit record and I'll just record my first instincts of the beat, whether that's like humming a certain melody whether it's saying a certain word or a certain phrase or a certain flow pattern, like am I, am I rapping quickly? Does this make me want to rap slow? Am I loud? Am I low key? It's like, what's the tone of my voice? And I think even with acting too, it's so important to trust your first instincts when you read a script. And it's very similar with music. It's like, whatever you feel the moment you hear the song, like I, I want to record that because then I can go back, listen to it and find maybe a word I liked or a phrase I liked or this melody worked. Let's put that here. And I sort of structure the song that way. So now it's just like, I sort of just let my instincts take over and I, I even just will gibberish, like flow gibberish. Like I'm not saying anything. I'm just trying to find like a certain flow pattern. And then I'm like, okay, I like that. Now let me fill in the blanks with actual words. And afterwards doing that, I'll connect the dots. So that's sort of my process at the moment. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing about you that is not typical, I mean, I wish it was, but I don't think I've ever met an artist as humble as yourself. Oh, that's so sweet. I think if someone were to watch any one of your videos on YouTube, (laughs) they would find not only endless comments of praise for your music, but also response of gratitude from yourself personally Mm. to every single comment a fan has left. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful act of leadership. Mm. What does your community mean to you? And has your community changed as you've continued to evolve as an artist? I wouldn't say it's changed. It just continues to to grow, like slowly but surely, uh, which is cool. Like every time I put a video out, which is so great. One of the things YouTube does is it shows you, uh, it compares how well your video is doing to other videos at that same time. 
So it's like in, your, in the first two hours and 45 minutes, here, here's how your other videos did. And the newest video is, you know, doing a little bit stronger. So each time there's more viewers, there's more comments, it, it grows slowly and slowly, but every day, and, which is great. And so the audience hasn't changed. There's just more of it. And what do they mean to me? It's like, it means everything because I, if I was making music for no one to listen to, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'd get to a point where I'd be like, okay, why, why am I doing this? The, the only reason this brings me so much excitement and joy is because other people are reacting to it, responding to it, uh, playing it in a video of them working out and saying, Here, you know, my new workout playlist. Thanks, Connor. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like, I made this song in my room with my headphones and now somebody's like working out to it and finding inspiration to it. And so I feel like it's so important to thank every person. And I know personally from my past, like, um, like who's somebody? So uh, are you familiar with Gary Vee? He's like yeah. this, this big social. All right. So I once like tweeted probably two years ago. Crushing it. Yeah. I tweeted two years ago something to him and he didn't respond, but he liked it. Like even just the fact that he liked the comment. I remember being like, whoa, Gary Vee like noticed me. That's cool. And so I was like, man, like who, who am I to not respond to everybody? If this guy can like respond to everyone and like every comment, like who am I to think I'm above that? So um, I've definitely inspired by him too, adopted that whole idea of like, yeah, show, show the love back. Like, why not? I have the time to do that. You know, whether it's before I go to sleep or in the morning or I'm on the way somewhere and I have time, it's like, why not, you know, respond and, and, uh, engage with everyone. Yeah. And as I said, I think it's such a beautiful act of leadership and shows a real genuine mutual appreciation mm. between you and your fans. And it's really lovely to see. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, and I've personally been thinking a lot recently about how much creative industries are changing due to the rate at which we consume content on the internet. And I think everything is instant. Mm -hmm. And we're repeatedly seeing the speed that content can go viral. And I do worry as I feel like it's constantly adding to this belief of... Uh, overnight success yeah and um, basically the idea that success is this instantly obtainable goal when actually in reality so many of the talented artists that we aspire to like yourself yeah have been working on their craft for decades so I guess I'm interested to know how much time do you think you've personally dedicated to your own passion and craft and what has it taken for you to reach that level of craftsmanship that you are currently at? Has it taken sacrifices along the way? Hmm. Um, the music thing, not as much, um, because what's so great about it is I can do it anywhere. It's so portable. And with the access to the internet and being able to put everything online and me having now the skills to be able to do every part of it, whether it's making the artwork, um, you know, living with my brother-in-law is great because he does the mixing and mastering, but um, everything can be done from a computer, which is great. But the, the acting part, definitely, there's been a lot of sacrifices because, um, you know, living in L.A., I, I wouldn't live in L.A. if it weren't for the, 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 the job. I, I don't really love L.A. all that much, um, which is another reason I, I, sp I spend so much time in Vegas because it's close enough to L.A., but it's, it's outside of that bubble. So, yeah, like especially with my wife, it's like uh, I know she's from Chicago. There were things that she wanted to pursue in Chicago, and we ultimately made the decision together that pursuing my acting at this time was maybe something we should try to prioritize. And she, she gave up a lot of her stuff to come to live with me in LA. And we did that for a few years. And so there's definitely been sacrifices. The acting thing is, is very difficult because there's so many ups and downs and I'm always learning. You never know too much. I'm, I'm in acting classes every so often. 
Every time I'm on set, I'm treating it like this is my first time here. I've heard too many stories about people getting too confident and then their career kind of goes down or getting too confident and then they, they get fired on a set because they think they're top dog and they're not. So it's so important to stay grounded and, and modest and humble, which is something I, I hope to try to always keep. And that's something my, my parents instilled at me at a young age, which I'm very thankful for. But um, yeah, I'd say there's been a lot of sacrifice for the acting stuff. But with the music stuff, luckily, it's so portable and can be done anywhere that it's sort of just felt like like a hobby on the side that I've done that now has just become something that's been much more important and much more prioritized. Like I wake up every day and I, I try to record or at least I'm thinking brainstorming for a music video and writing down a shot list. Like there's always there's something every day that I need to be doing for music or else I feel a little unproductive. Yeah, and it certainly seems from how much content you're trying to put out as well, but also the quality of it, how much of a student you try to be. And you even rap about it, how much you're trying to, you're, you're always learning. Yeah. And I think that's so important as an artist to always be open to learning and trying to really develop your craft as much as you can. Yeah. And I think if anyone has listened to your music, they will have learned that you can actually rap I think incredibly fast. That's something when I was like really young and I was obsessed with with hip hop and especially Eminem. I also kind of have this naturally competitive side to me where if I hear someone do something that's very impressive, my first thought is like, I bet I could do that. Yeah. And so I remember hearing like Eminem do some rap, you know, some fast verse. Or there was this this rapper uh, on YouTube. Well, he's not on YouTube anymore. He's kind of a big deal now. But his name is George Watsky. And early on. Um, he just goes by Watsky as his rap name, but he did, he had this viral video called white kid raps fast. And it was just a super fast rap. And I remember like learning the lyrics and practicing until I could rap as fast as him. And so that's kind of a, a skill I, I attained, but it also was just like, I always challenged myself to be like, I bet I could do that. And it would take me a lot of time and a lot of practice, but eventually I'd, I'd be able to get it. Yeah. How long do you think that's taking you to kind of really develop that level of speed that you have and at that level of confidence because mm. you really have to go for it yeah you have to go for it and you also have to be um articulate like a lot of people can rap fast but it's like yeah but you're not you're not saying the full word or you're not like you're not finishing the sentence or your breath is getting in the way of whatever so it becomes very technical and um it's just like a lot of rehearsal like when i put out that rap god one where i, I did eminem's fast part on rap god that that probably took me like like legitimately probably three hours of like listening to it over and over and over and over, writing the lyrics over and over, going back to the lyrics, like three hours of practice. And then if you go through my like out my photo album, there's like 30 takes where I just completely fail at it. Yeah. So it is not easy. But man, it's so satisfying to do it and to, to listen back to it. I, I have so much respect for rappers who rap fast, who also write the lyrics, because yeah. I almost feel like writing those lyrics are harder than d delivering them. Like I, I haven't really written too many fast raps. I have a few songs where I do it. But it's so hard because like finding the syllables have to be so perfect and you have to use certain words that roll into the next word. Right. Because if you put like, um, you know, an M back to back with an M, it's like you, you can't rap m -m fast. So it has to be like, like it has to flow, like the words have to flow together. It becomes so like once you actually study how Eminem writes the fast stuff, I have so much respect for him even more than I did because it's I almost think it's harder to write it than it is to rap it. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's such an art and I, I have, and I have so much appreciation for it. I actually grew up with dyslexia. I only found out I had dyslexia when I was 21. Wow. But with me, yeah, I was late in the game to it. But growing up, I'd, I'd get my words mixed up and the wrong way round. Mm -hmm. 
And it was something I was quite embarrassed about. And because sure. I, I didn't know I had dyslexia, yeah. I would secretly make notes in like a book or on my phone. And I'd actually try and make up kind of my own raps and rhymes oh, cool. as a way of starting to use words with intention. Because mm. I, I find actually you, there's really, there's so much thought that can go into a rap because it's got to rhyme and it's got to have this pace and beat. Yeah. And that was something, even though I didn't necessarily want it to, um, for like a career or necessarily, um, necessarily perform it. Sure. It was actually something I used as a tool to kind of help me be a little bit more articulate. Yeah. I think I can relate to that because I, I, have sort of struggled with a speech impediment, like a stutter, which is what that S song was about. Yeah. And there's always been certain certain letters that if they if it, the start of the word starts with that letter, I sometimes get blocked. Mm -hmm. And I've done some speech therapy and I've created some tools and techniques to help me with that. And I'm very careful about the words that I choose and I'm always thinking ahead. And sometimes if I think I'm going to struggle with a word, I'll find a syllable for it so I don't have to say the original word. Yeah. Which is then where acting gets tough because the words are written and I have to say them a certain way. And there's been multiple takes out there where I've had to restart because I stutter a word so bad. But that just happens. And I find the more I am confident about it, the less I stutter, the more I worry about it, the more I get caught up, um, which I'm sure might be the same for you, right? The more you're in your head about it, the more you're going to screw up. Absolutely. And so the rap thing has been great too, because now it's like, there's so much confidence in when I can do that well, because I'm like, I'm saying every word, every word's on beat. Even if I'm rapping fast, it's like, wow, I, I can really do this. Like I have the ability to do it. And so it's definitely also just given me some confidence in the way that I, you know, deliver words and deliver uh, phrases. And it's helped with that a lot. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And it's it's also with what you said at the start of like, how much you love creating because it's a part of your craft that you can take ownership of. Mm. And even though I didn't have ownership kind of as a like career wise or hobby wise, it was more, I finally had ownership of what I was saying. Mm. So it was something where I could kind of build that confidence and kind of get over my, my shame around it, I guess. Sure. By actually being able to, be like right words <laughs> you keep escaping me and yeah. I keep getting you jumbled up but I'm actually going to sit with you and instead of being embarrassed yeah I'm going to try and take some ownership and actually find how clever words can be yeah and how playful you can be with it so I can definitely relate to that yeah I, I actually I actually have a verse two of s that I never put out and I don't know if I ever will but I sort of went overboard with the whole concept of like, because sometimes S is one of those letters I struggle with. And I wanted to challenge myself to write a verse where every word in it started with an S or at least, you know, almost because sometimes you have to say of and 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 you can't. But it's like as many S's as I could and really just go overboard with it. And like really like you like you kind of said, like take advantage of it, like go the opposite way instead of being afraid of it, like almost make myself try to fail and really challenge it. Um, and that was fun. That was such a fun verse to write. Just kind of thinking of every single, at like Steven Spielberg screenplay script, SS soldiers and all these like S words and, and then trying to put them all together. That, that definitely was like the longest I've ever spent trying to write something. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever put that out, but yeah. 
I think that's why I have such a soft spot for S. That's probably one of my favorites you did. Not only, I think, the initial reaction of like, okay, Connor can rap really well. Right. <laughs> also, I related to that so much. Mm. And seeing you, how how much fun you were having in that video yeah. and kind of pride and that ownership of the word s yeah that you've been struggling with for so long i guess i really related to that oh that's so awesome thanks for putting that out into the world well thank you for listening to it no that's so great you know what was really cool about that video was um that like i said it was my first video i put on youtube and somebody had posted it on reddit and they posted it on the uh, subreddit called listen to this which has like two million um active users or whatever and they made the title like um, guy who grows up with stutter writes rap or something like that. And um, like overnight, it went like viral. It got 30,000 views in one night. Wow. And I remember just being like, holy crap, like this, this can't be normal. Like my first video, like this is just too lucky. And I started and that is still up there. I'll actually send you the, um, the link because the, the Reddit post is still there and you can read through the comments. And what was so cool about the comments is one person wrote, I am a something along the lines of I teach kids who have uh, speech impediments and I'm now using this video in class to show them as part of like the curriculum and everyone loves it. The kids love it. I'm like, this is so crazy. Like now somebody's showing it in their class and other kids are listening to it. So just seeing the ripple effect that some of these little things have. And here I was worried about putting music out and now it's like possibly helping people and inspiring people is that that's the best feeling that that's the reason why I, I need to keep doing it. Oh, that makes my heart so happy hearing that. I've got goosebumps. Oh. That's really amazing. Yeah, it really was. Reading that comment was, was crazy. That's so powerful. Yeah. And it's so special to see the journey from S to then you have your own EP now, The Four of Clubs. Mm. And that, that especially from someone who's followed your journey the whole way from that first video that was so satisfying as a fan of your work. Because oh, cool. you, really, you really didn't hold back. Yeah. And I think each song on the EP as well is so different. It's mm. kind of has its own theme and sound as well. You weren't scared to mix it up a bit. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm glad the producer I worked with for that, uh, Casio Music, he was the one who convinced me to make it really concise because I originally had like seven songs I wanted to do. And he was like, dude, trust me, like these are the four, uh, the, the four strongest ones. They're so different, like just keep it these four. And for a while I was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, it is called Four of Clubs. That's kind of cool, you know, with the four and the four. And then I just sort of went for it and just kept it concise but different. And each song kind of had its own universe, like its yeah. own like feel to it. Even the way it was mixed, my vocals sound a little different on each track and I was still in the phase of, I feel like I'm still in the phase of trying to figure out what my sound is and what, what I can do and what sounds best for me. And yeah, so that's cool that you thought that. Well, yeah, that's what I liked about it because it, it's each song had its own intention, but you couldn't also see that you're kind of still figuring out your own place as an artist. Yeah. But what I loved is that mm. you didn't conform to having to stick to exactly the same theme throughout the album, which... I think, yeah. well, it's an EP, but that's what you can often find is they try and group songs together that sound the same. The same. Yeah, it's a good point. And I know yeah. Starter Pistol is definitely, um, I think you released that first. Am I correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is so fun and quite loud. It really is kind of like a pistol. Yeah. And then I heard Outside 
right. and I was like, this is completely different. So, different, yeah. Yeah, so, that was yeah, fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and it's so amazing to see your journey along the way. Oh, thank you. Going back to the earlier topic of online content, you seem to have been working really hard recently to build your social media presence. Yeah. Over the last few years mm -hmm. as a way to promote your art. Do you feel a growing sense of responsibility over the community you're building as both an actor and a rap artist? I guess I'd ask, what, what do you mean by responsibility? When you've got a social media platform, yeah. you are responsible for all the content you are putting out there mm -hmm. and all of the people that are viewing it. And I, I especially think in this day and age, it can be very much be a numbers game yeah. on social media. Yeah. <laughs> um, about how many mm -hmm. views, how many likes. And it can sometimes be quantity over quality. Yeah. And as you're building a bigger audience, do you think that's changed? How much responsibility you are taking over the quality of content and what you're putting out, I guess. Yeah. And what kind of content you're putting out on the internet. Yeah. I feel like I definitely, it's it's still so, it, it sucks how important it is to kind of play the game of the numbers. Not that I'm ever like only posting stuff for numbers, but I sort of have to be aware of like, okay, what stuff gets engaged with the most? Okay, why? Okay, well, what, what can I do on this next song to kind of bring that in a little bit more? Because it's so frustrating. I remember hearing someone say like, you could spend like a million dollars on a song, get the best, you know, production and the best mixing and mastering. But if you spend zero on promo, no one's going to hear it. But the other way around, if you create like a crappy song, but put millions of dollars behind it on like Facebook ads and this, this and that, it's going to do really well. And it's like, yeah, that's really frustrating. So in a way, you kind of have to, you have to play the game um, if you really want to like find success in something, which I, which I do. I really would love to like, it'd be so great to like live off music. At the moment with music, I'm definitely not making enough to like live off of it, but it's it's cool to see that it's having an impact and that, you know, some people are maybe buying merch or prior to iTunes being completely out of it, people were actually like buying the song and that was really cool. And so, yeah, there's definitely a big responsibility of the community and making sure that people are hearing what they want. You know, some people are like, oh, I like songs more like typical rapper or I like more melodic songs like you. And so I'm trying to like please everybody by putting stuff out. But at the same time, thinking about, okay, what do I want to say next? Like, what's, what's the next message I want to get out? But how can I do that in a way where people are going to actually hear it and listen to it and making sure that uh, it might, you know, land on a certain Spotify playlist or something. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like you kind of have to play the game. You have to understand how how the algorithm works and stuff like that. Sorry, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it, it, it did. And I think I think it's kind of a complex question because I think it is such an interesting time to be an artist as well. Mm. I mean, as I was growing up, the biggest way to see how an artist was doing, it was by how many like CDs were being bought and actual records. Yeah. Whereas now when you've got such, everyone has to have such an online presence. It's this almost like this immediate feedback. Yeah. Um, and, and how much content people can sometimes feel as well that they they have to create. Whereas before, people would go away, make an album. Yeah. It would be released. Right. That's, okay, great. So this, this makes me think of a lot of things. So I think, yeah, that consistency is so important. Um, 
there there's this artist named russ i don't know if you're familiar with him um yes yeah. and i loved your cover oh cool awesome nobody yeah. knows so he's been a big inspiration to me because he's somebody who kind of figured out how to do it like how to stay how to stay true to himself while still in a way like kind of hacking the system and and making sure that everybody was hearing what he was doing and so he realized initially he was doing that whole thing like you said you'd go away from a month or two months three months make an album come back go away come back the, the moment you go away with how often people are switching to different things and finding new artists it's like you kind of fall off their radar which as as much as it sucks to say it's just how it is even with how we watch Netflix shows, like all of a sudden I like switch shows and I'm like, wait, I forgot about that other show I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? how did I forget? Like I was so invested and now I'm invested in this. You can change so quick. And so he realized that when he put out albums, everyone was listening to the first song and then going somewhere else. Okay. Maybe listening to the first two songs going off. The view count would slowly go down, you know, down the track list. So he's like, okay, how about I just put out one song more consistently? And so in 2016, he put out a brand new song every Friday on SoundCloud and every song slowly started getting more and more. And then he had and then he had a song called What They Want, which like blew up. And then he had everyone's attention and he put his album out. And so I'm sort of uh, trying to adapt that where you maintain consistency or excuse me, um, quantity as well as quality because all his songs are good. And, And I wouldn't allow myself to put out something I wasn't happy with just to meet a quota of like, oh, I need a song this week. So just put out that one I don't like. Yeah. Um, and I thought he did that really well. I'm not able to work as, as or write as quickly as he is. Hopefully one day I can. I take a little too long. So I'm trying to put out a new song every two weeks. Yeah. But that's sort of my game plan is like trying to maintain the quantity, but the quality at the same time. Because, yeah, if you take too much time off, people kind of forget, which sucks. But it's just how it is. Yeah. No, it's, it's so interesting you say that. And I think, yeah, I really, I guess... It really is important now to find that balance as in a way it is how the industry is working at the moment. And as long as you are doing it authentically and with good intention, you do kind of, I guess you need to know the numbers to play along with the game. Yeah. I think that's one thing I was thinking about recently. I think you might find this interesting with, with Eminem is I feel like Eminem was in his peak at a time when pe- when streaming didn't exist, which meant when people were consuming music, they save up money, they've got 20 bucks for the album, they buy the album, they put the album in their car, they bring it home, they put it in their CD player, they're listening to it everywhere and they're consuming every word and his stuff is so dense. Yes. There's so many, like every every bar is, is wordplay. I'll, I'll listen back to stuff now and be like, whoa, I didn't catch that the first time. Yeah. Which I think is incredible. And it's so dense. There's so much content. And when you lived with an album, when you bought it and it's all you listen to, people really appreciated that. Uh-huh. Now with streaming, he puts out a song with like this craziest verse ever. The moment somebody feels like it's too much, stuff's going over their head. They're overwhelmed by the amount of content. They're like, nah, next. Yeah. And they, sw- they can switch and they can switch so easy. They didn't commit to it because they didn't spend, you know, they didn't spend their hard earned money on like a specific album. They can easily just switch off. So people now, I feel like the moment they feel like it's becoming overwhelming because there's too much, there's too much, they don't understand a word, it's going over their head, they like switch to the next thing. Yeah. And I think that's why now Eminem, it sucks to say, but I feel like at least from the, the hip hop groups that I am paying attention to in the comment sections I'm paying attention to, people's respect for him has gone down, which sucks because it shouldn't. Yeah. And I know he's going to be one of those people at the end of the day that is a legend. He'll go down as a top five rapper all time. I, I know that for a fact. But right now, people are like, because of how quickly things move, Yes. his content isn't given the time of day as it used to. And so people are putting him to the side as like, oh, he's washed up. He's falling off. 
and it sucks because it, I, I think he's just, uh, he's ahead of his time. Or I guess he was behind his time in, in a way. And at one time it worked and now it just doesn't. And it sucks because people aren't giving him a chance. Yeah, and I think it's such an important point. And he's such a good storyteller as well. Yeah. And you need to listen to his songs from start to finish. Oh, you have to. You won't get it if you don't really listen to it a few times even. But no one listens to songs a few times unless it's like a club hit that is like catchy. Exactly. Um, And I was listening to a few of his first albums the other day, actually. Even going back to it, I've listened to them so many times. But just being like... yeah. He's so quick and so... So technical. So technical as well. Yeah. And I think him and like even artists like The Streets. Oh my God. I love The Streets. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, Mike Skinner, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. They, they've got such an authentic beat and they've got almost like this dialogue going on with all of their songs and they've just recently released new music and it's so interesting to see them do that in this kind of new... Um, instant social media time wow i used to love the streets i gotta listen to their new stuff yeah it's it's good but even i even though i'm a big fan i can find myself getting distracted Mm. and i'll listen to a song here and there whereas before when they'd bring out their new cd i used to like devour it from start to finish you know Mm. yeah no one does that anymore no one consumes albums as a whole. Yeah, and I can even see my own kind of patterns and processes changing. Mm. So I'm like, right. I've got to go back because I think our I do brains too. are getting used to this new pace, I guess. Yeah, I find my, I've really recognized that with the artists that I find myself listening to most often. It used to be the very like 90s, old school, most deaf, MF Doom, super lyrical type stuff. <laughs> and now I, yeah. now I find myself really listening to more kind of like more mainstream stuff, whether it's Travis Scott or a lot of Drake. I think that's why Drake is so freaking successful over the years that he's had is because he's been aware of that change in the listener's attention span. And in a way, of, like if you listen back to his older stuff, it was very storytelling driven and he had some very clever bars. Uh, he doesn't get credit for that enough, but he, he has his moments of being very clever. And now he's aware of the fact that people don't really want that anymore. And because he's so driven by success and wanting to be the best, and rightfully so, as he should, he's kind of changed his sound a bit and being like he's he's almost, I feel like, purposely dumbed down himself a little bit and been more about kind of the vibe and the mood and the melodies and catching certain moments rather than being all about like, I'm going to write the craziest verse of all time, which is what Eminem does every time he gets the opportunity to put something out. He's like, I'm going to outwrap <laughs> yeah. all of you, which he does. But unfortunately, people just don't care as much anymore, which sucks, but. So yeah, I found myself really being attached to, yeah, just kind of the, 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 the newer stuff. And I think it's slowly maybe changing the way that I write because I'm, like I said, even my process, it's less about like, okay, let's find the craziest lyrical, you know, things and more about like, all right, what, what instinctively does this song make me feel? Do I want like what flow pattern? It's more about like flow patterns and maybe melodies. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting how it's changing me a little bit. Yeah, I, like I, I haven't had the um, influence recently or the inspiration to write a song like s um which is interesting that could change but um it's just been a bit more casual and laid back and fun and and kind of just letting my instincts out rather than being so cerebral and overthinking every lyric yeah and all part of your journey i guess as well yeah um and it's fun to see you play with that oh well thanks you're welcome and i must say 
I've talked before about I think you are an excellent mentor and a leader. You show that through all the comments that you give to your fans and your community. You clearly really care. Mm. Thank you. And I think another great leadership quality I've witnessed from your work is your eye for collaboration. Mm. It appears like you've really created a very talented team around you mm. and am i right in saying that one of those collaborators has actually been your wife yeah yeah totally oh she's been with me for everything so yeah i i, I mean we could have a whole other podcast about like our <laughs> how we met our, our story because we met when we were i was 10 years old she was 11 we met in la because her little sister used to act and we've just been friends forever um but now it, now we've been married for uh, it'll be coming up on four years Yes, she is somebody who has been like my number one supporter, my number one fan. She influenced me to like put the music out and start taking it more serious. And uh, even when we were kids, um, she always held a camera around. She filmed everything. And we still have like these videos of when we were kids, which is so great. I've I've put a few up on my Instagram if you scroll back a bit. So she's always had a love for that and a good eye for that. And so, yes, she shoots all my videos pretty much so far. Um, I I edit them, but she, she shoots them all. She holds the camera. If I ever have an audition and have to do a self-tape, she'll film it. She'll be the reader, you know, behind the camera. You, yeah, we do everything together. And every so often we do these things called music meetings where we'll like hang out for an hour and we'll be like, okay, what's the next few songs you want to put out? We got like a whiteboard and we'll write them all out. Who's artists you want to collaborate with? Let's figure out how to get their management email. Like let's yes. reach out. She, she's such like an entrepreneur in that sense and very good at it. And she's very driven, which inspires me because that's something I lack is like self-motivation. I find it's hard for me to motivate myself. Yeah. Um, but whenever I'm with collaborators and with a group or, or someone else, I always find it helps me. And uh, so, yeah, I find um, she really helps me. Like she really motivates me. And when we need to get stuff done, like in between the two of us, she's just got so many skills that I don't have. And we can just get stuff done, whether it's doing a music video or figuring out how to get a hold of someone or. Yeah, it's been really, really fun. Yeah, well, I see the credits on your videos and I'm like, what are y'all having for breakfast? <laughs> right, you are yeah. such a power couple. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, and even um, so uh, Christian, who is um, my brother-in-law, he's like just this music genius. He, you know, he plays every instrument. He sings really well, but he, he also produces and mixes. And so he's, I've been recording in his studio, uh, his little home studio, and he mixes everything. He masters everything. Um, when I did that song, You, yeah. that was much more melodic. He was like trying to help me figure out like how to sing certain notes and stuff. Like he, he's been a big help for me as well. And so, yeah, I feel like between, between the three of us, there's like from start to finish, we can just put an entire album out from the artwork to the music, to the production, to the video, to the edit, to the promo, which Brie is so good at because she's very good at marketing. And that's what she does in her job outside of uh, her own thing. Yeah, it's been so great. Just the three of us can really just like do everything, which is so nice. Yeah, you've really created a beautiful team around you and it's so lovely to see you all developing your craft together. Yeah. It must be encouraging to have this team around you and you're each kind of inspiring each other to raise your game, I guess. Totally. And all developing as people in your own craft. Yeah. And in an industry that is often very process-led and requires a lot of patience Mm. i can imagine that encouragement is hugely important so how else do you manage to stay positive and motivated um i think it's just perspective it's like just reminding myself how lucky i am even if i do have moments where like everyone does I'll, i'll i get in bad habits sometimes of like comparing myself to other people my age who might be doing more than me but then i also have to remember like 
there's this quote I really like. It goes something along the lines of compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who anybody else is today. So it's like, you know, only focus on like, what did you do yesterday? What kind of person were you yesterday? What did you achieve yesterday? Let's do more today. Like only focus on you and what you're doing because you also don't know what someone else is going through. They, they might be doing more, but they might be upset. They might have relationship problems. They might have health problems. Like who knows? And so I just have to be, have that perspective of knowing the core people around me are, are, are healthy and happy. Yes, perfect. Like what, what, what am I worried about? Like, man, I think that's just important is like to remind yourself how bad things could be going. And if they're not, it's like, you know, be happy. Okay, you had a song that didn't do as well as your last one. It's like, who cares? Like get back on the horse and do it again and just keep going. Just be consistent. You know, that, that quantity is like, keep it going. Keep it going. Mm, I, I love that. And I always see things in life like data acquisition. Like it's either a blessing or it's a lesson. Mm, totally. So so if that didn't go well, you've got this free data and information to like work on that. Yeah. So, okay, what didn't work there? Perfect. I'm going to use that for next time. It's a great point. I think about that often because there's there are certain moments in my life where if I make a mistake and it's not like a huge life-changing mistake, I'm almost happy because I'm like, great, I won't make this mistake twice. And this mistake could have happened in a time when it meant more. So now that it's like not as impactful and I'm now aware of that, like you said, it's like a lesson and it's almost a good thing. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've learned to almost be afraid to fail right totally where as that's actually it's those those little failures where we can use that to become more successful and yeah and get better and grow right totally and that was me at the start i was afraid of failure because i was afraid i'd put it out and people would laugh at me and then that to me would be and i you know my definition of failure is walking into school and people making fun of my my raps or whatever when in reality now i look back and it's like that's one of my biggest regrets is not starting sooner because the moment you start, you just improve so quickly, whatever it is you try to do. And I look back and sometimes I wonder like, hmm, I wonder what kind of music I'd be making now if I had started like three years earlier in high school when I should have. But you know, you can't really do that. And then, then you just play those games in your head. But <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the point is that, um, yeah, you can't be afraid of failure. Every, every person you know of who's achieved something, whether it's those stories like, you know, Michael Jordan getting dropped from his high school basketball team or JK Rowling getting, you know, denied by however many publishers. It's like, all these people, like, it's almost like a requirement for success is you need to fail. A hundred percent. I've yet to hear a story of somebody who's had massive success who hasn't also had a story of equally massive failure. So I agree. It's so important. Yeah, I don't, I genuinely don't think you could have one without the other. Totally. Because how would you know the difference either? Exactly. Yeah, it's the yin and the yang for sure. Absolutely. And you've already developed so much on your journey how do you hope your rap music will continue to develop? I hope it just, I hope it keeps doing what it's doing because it's great. Like every, every release is getting a few more fans or a few more listeners or even the other day I, I had my brother and I wish my relationship with my siblings were, were closer than they are. Like we're, we're close, but my wife Brianna is like so close with her siblings and I'm a little jealous of that. And hopefully over the years we can get closer. It's hard when they live in Toronto, one's in Vancouver, one's in Florida. I'm here. It's like we're all over the place. Yeah. Um, Anyways, but he reached out to me and was like, to be honest, when I first started hearing your music, I didn't really like it. He's like, I wasn't sure why. I just didn't really like it. But your past few releases I've like really enjoyed and I think it's great. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. That's so nice. And so it's just like I I hope that momentum just keeps going, that more people – uh, like it more people connect with it or like I said earlier it's like a life marker for them that it meant something to them at a certain moment and it spoke to them 
there was one girl who, when I put out that song Love Language that I did with Evelyn, she got a freaking tattoo of the chorus on her back. I'm like, this is wild. Like I'm a part of something (laughs) that is now inked on someone permanently. So like, I just hope it keeps going. Like it, it keeps going and keeps slowly growing. The one fear I have, which is interesting going back to earlier about the overnight success, I actually have a fear of having a viral song right now because I feel like I haven't grown up my catalog enough or grown up my skills as a rapper enough to be ready for that moment. Yeah. Um, I still feel like every song I write is alone in my room. And if I were to all of a sudden have this like stardom and then be like invited to studio sessions with these big rappers, I think I'd completely close up and get nervous and be like, I can't do this. And so I think I still need to grow as an artist, as a person, keep that momentum, keep that catalog growing, you know, all these songs growing and growing and growing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of like having a viral hit now because I don't think the timing is right. So yeah, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. Like this slow growth to me is so great because I'm like, then when that moment comes, hopefully when one song really does pop off and I'm ready to like have that moment and get in the studio sessions with these bigger artists, like I'll be ready for that. And at the moment I'm not. So I just, I want to keep growing slowly. Hmm. Especially if you finally got kind of that ownership over your own work and are enjoying that process as well. I can imagine you would want to keep that. Yeah. A little bit longer and I, I do enjoy it yeah yeah and another artist I love is Rally Ritchie he's both an actor and a music artist like yourself and his albums are really growing and picking up attention which has led him to doing a lot more work in the studio cool I love his lyrics again a very authentic artist he raps a lot about his experience with anxiety and it's been really interesting to see his work grow cool from very much more more like a mixtape vibes into now being in a studio yeah i'm someone who's definitely very much into lyrics that's why i really appreciate how authentic your lyrics are and his and it's really interesting now to see him kind of working in these bigger studios and he's really into using string musicians Mm. and it's great to see how playful he's getting with these sounds yeah to see how he's developing yeah that's great you're absolutely right it's got to be the right timing and i think that's a gradual thing yeah yeah i've seen i've seen some artists who like just blow up off one of their first songs and then it kind of overwhelms them and they slowly kind of fall off where like the complete opposite of that is like that guy russ you know russ had put out 11 albums and then i think in that year where he put out a song a week it was like 48 songs or something his catalog was massive it was like over 200 songs yeah so then when he blew up at that moment he was ready and ever since then he's been like flying like he's comfortable in every situation any type of genre any song whether it's singing or rapping or whatever and that's that's the the career i'd like to have is be doing this for much longer because with acting i've been doing for for 20 years and i'm confident on any set put me in a room with any actor i feel and that's not in a cocky way i'm just i know what i can do i know what i'm capable of i'm confident with rap i'm not there yet i've only really been taking this serious for just about 2 years now Um, with four of clubs coming out in 2018 my first project so yeah I just want to keep going and keep getting more confident and keep learning and growing and finding out new sounds and new songs and new styles and yeah so I'm just excited to keep going and see what happens it's so random just the stuff that happens every day whether it's like a DJ from Toronto reaching out saying like with Starter Pistol Starter Pistol got on the radio that was the first song I put out and he was like yeah people are enjoying this I'm like that's so crazy and just so random you know with acting that stuff doesn't happen it's like there's a very specific path of where things go and with music it's like you're always one song away from someone hearing it who's like a big deal and they share it to someone else and then all of a sudden it's on 
you know, Kevin Hart is like working out to it on his Snapchat or whatever. It's like just the ran- the most random stuff can happen. And I'm just excited every morning to see like, okay, what's going to, what's going to happen? What's, you know, who's going to hear it? You know, I don't know. It's just exciting. It's really fun. Yeah. Such a different momentum. Yeah. Momentum. So important. Yeah. And I, for one, am already a huge fan of your work. Oh, thank you. And I'm so excited to see where your innovation takes you next. So I would love for more people to see and experience your work. So how can people do this and where can they find you? Sure. Yeah. On YouTube, you know, my all my music videos are on there. So if you just type my name, Connor Price, C-O-N-N-O-R, Price. It's it's funny. I recently learned there's this... um. There's this young artist who's like 20 or so. His name is also Connor Price, but he spells it with he's, <laughs> okay. he spells it with one N. I think he's he was on like Britain's Got Talent or something. Oh, um, okay. You know, like Sean, <laughs> Sean and Connor Price, and so I can't tell you how many people have followed me. And then I put out a video of a rap song, and they DM me. They're like, "You do rap now?" I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, you were on Britain's Got Talent." I'm like, "No, we're on Connor." So yeah, C O N N O R Price, uh, Instagram Connor Price underscore Twitter Connor Price underscore. Um, yeah, Spotify, wherever you listen to music, Spotify, Apple Music, just type in my name and you'll find my profile and all the songs that I put out will be there. Yeah. Amazing. And do you have any upcoming events or projects people should particularly look out for? Um, just continuing to put out a song once every two weeks, like with a music video. So trying to be consistent with that. As far as acting goes with like the whole COVID thing, like nothing is being shot. So that's been so slow, which has been great because now I get to work on music a lot more. Um, so yeah, nothing nothing to share on the acting side, but on the music side, just yeah, a lot more songs, a lot more singles like ready to go. Yes, and you've just had one come out, right? The Birds. Yeah, The Birds came out on Friday uh, with a music video. That was really fun. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I loved, and it was so full circle for me because we were going to do this podcast, and in S, you have that bird jumper on the sweater you're right wow yeah that's <laughs> yeah. so right and so i was like from the first video i saw literally to the last video i've seen there's that bird nice you're right you're right i was thinking about that because i was like i was trying to find i was like what should i wear for this music video and sure enough i'm looking through my class i'm like oh here's a sweater with a giant bird on it perfect <laughs> and then i thought wait but i've worn this in a video i was like no nah, it's so long ago like only one person is going to remember that and here you are in <laughs> the whole talking. thing no 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 it's all good i love that sweater yeah that's cool you're the first person to make that connection between that that was the same sweater i wore in my first video yeah yeah, well, I loved it. It was kind of full circle to see what a journey you've been on. So Yeah, you're right. Wow, that's so cool. Awesome. And just before we wrap up, mm-hmm. can you leave us with any words of wisdom? Are there any words of advice that have served you well? It's funny. I've thought about being asked this question because I spend a lot of time watching interviews and a lot of artists are asked that. And I find they always give kind of the same general um, answer of like, oh, you know, follow your dreams, don't give up, which is true. All that stuff is important. But I always like to give something more specific and something that you can really, really hold on to. And one thing that I've never heard being said in an interview, and it's very specific to music. So anybody who's maybe pursuing music, um, but m- maybe if you're not, you could take something from it. But I found um, one of the mistakes I did was when I wanted to get into music is I compared myself to my favorite artists now. So I would listen to like Drake stuff or Lupe Fiasco and you know, they're masters of their craft. And then I'd hear my stuff back and I'd be like, I'm nowhere near as good as them. This is, this is not good. But then I was like, okay, but they had to start somewhere. And so what I started doing is all my favorite artists, Drake, Kanye West, Chance the Rapper, gosh, Donald Glover, everyone, they all put out 
a project, their first project, and it's available online somewhere. Like for Drake, for example, in 2006, he put out a project called Room for Improvement. You won't find it on you know, Spotify or Apple Music, but it's his first project. And if you listen back to that, he's not very good. Like he's really not. His flow is awkward. He tries to rap fast on one of the songs and it's god awful. And no disrespect to him. I'm sure he'd listen back and think the same thing. But it was just like, it reminded me that everybody started somewhere. And your favorite artist, even maybe your favorite actor, if you go back to their first project, you find out on IMDb what their first project was and you watch it. I'm sure they're not as good as they are now. And so it really gave me the confidence and the perspective of realizing like, yeah, everybody when they start something is never amazing at it when they first do it. And they have to grow and learn and and that's how they get better. And so I started like really comparing myself to my favorite artists earlier stuff. And then I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, they weren't as amazing, but they were finding themselves. I'm finding myself. I feel good about putting this out. I'm going to grow just like they did. And it, it just it gave me a whole new perspective. And so, yeah, go, go back to your favorite artists' earlier stuff and look at that because that might, you know, make you realize that they're not as uh, the, this, this thing of perfection you might see them as. They're not, you know, they, they started just like you. Yes, that's such good advice basically a 20-year overnight success yeah right (laughs) is what you find out yeah there's a lot of nights it took to have that success totally uh but connor i cannot thank you enough for coming on the show oh thank you i really enjoy this um it's really fun to just like there's no like time limit there's no weird you know um um, boundaries that certain interviews have. So it's really fun to do these podcasts where you can just kind of speak about anything. So I appreciate you, yeah, reaching out. This, this was great for me. You are so welcome. And thank you for answering the call, I guess. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing your talent, your time and energy. And again, thank you for all of the inspiring music that you continue to put out into the world. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for your innovation and thank you for being my kind of person and I can't wait to see what's next for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of My Kind of People. I hope you felt the positive energy from this week's guest. If this episode was of value to you, then please rate, review and subscribe. It's so greatly appreciated. Thanks again.